FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Poison. Poisonous. Pompey's New Year gets off to a horrific start at Fratton Park. Payne lays it off, chance to end it, great save by Griffiths, and then it hits Dale and goes into the net. It's an own goal. The boos ring out round Fratton Park. Portsmouth are going to lose, they're going to start 2023 with defeat. The Blues were put to the sword by Charlton Athletic yesterday afternoon, a result which saw the hero of Thursday stalemate with Ipswich dismissed with a second bookable offence. And Pack has played himself into a bit of trouble there, and a free kick, and Pack's going to be sent off here, and Pack's blaming Swanson for this, and for the second time this season, Marlon Pack is sent off against Charlton. Marlon Pack shown a red card for the second time this season as the Addicts stormed to victory to complete the double over Danny Cowley's side. And speaking of Danny Cowley, a manager under heaps of pressure from the fans, but a manager who takes the full blame on his shoulders. We weren't good enough today. We are bitterly disappointed. Ultimately, it's my responsibility. We'll hear from the gaffer between now and seven. This here is the platform for you Blues fans to voice your thoughts, opinions and questions, whatever they may be, off the back of yet another abject display and a third league defeat in five matches. 81400, as ever, our text number. Please start your messages with the word express, followed by your name too. Otherwise, you can chuck us an email at sport at expressfm.com. Mention us on Twitter at expressfm or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. 60 minutes of honest, passionate and brutal Pompey discussion. You won't want to miss it. Welcome along to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening and thanks for joining us here on the latest instalment of the Football Hour and the very first show of 2023. A happy new year to you all and thank you for choosing Express FM again as your provider of Pompey news, reaction and analysis. Stagecoach South, of course, remain the proud supporters of the Football Hour. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com to find out more information on the services they can provide in your area and more on what they're doing to provide a cleaner, greener transportation service in the South. On the way between now and seven, then, an explosive episode to come. I'm very sure of that, as I welcome on two more Blues fans to pick apart all of the talking points from Pompey's defeat to Charlton Athletic yesterday afternoon, as well as to provide reaction to what the gaffer had to say after the full-time whistle. We'll have plenty of where that came from very shortly, but let's kick things off with a reminder of exactly what mess it, it is we're about to talk about this evening. The highlights, unfortunately, of a New Year's Day match between Portsmouth and Charlton at Fratton Park. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You were a- Live. The year might have changed, 
Will the fortunes change for Portsmouth? We are underway. Portsmouth in their usual home kit going from left to right. And there could be a counter-attack on for Pompey here. Dale bursting down the right-hand side. He's got to try and get round Sessegnon. Cutting in field, lays it off for Swanson. Dead ball out, can he get the cross in? No, it's blocked. And Pompey has to settle for a corner kick. Nil nil. Lays it for Curtis, and then it's easy for John to pick up, and they'll break into the penalty area. And Raksaki's trying to get shot on goal. He's left rag up to Den, he's curled it into the corner. And it's Charlton who take the lead. It's Jayshur and Raksaki. Sixth goal of the season. All too easy. And at the midway point of the first half, the deadlock's broken. Portsmouth nil, Charlton one. And Scarlett's one and one with the last defender. Dane Scarlett for Portsmouth into the box. Scarlett, he's overrun that surely. And it's through to Maynard Brewer, the goalkeeper. Fraser, corner of the box, whips one in. Dangerous. Griffiths bubbles it on the ground. He makes a good save when Lieburn was there. Nice ball forward. Scarlett could be in here. Scarlett, can he turn his man? Scarlett, can he get the shot away? Save. Maynard Brewer. Better and Pompey win a corner. Break away to the far post. Raggett trying to win it down. Loose in the box. Ogilvy! Yes! There's the equaliser! Connor Ogilvy hooks it, goalbound with his right foot. And in slow motion, it flies its way past Maynard Brewer into the bottom corner. I don't think Connor Ogilvy's right foot was a likely source of a goal, but it's the provider. Porter's one shot one. Fraser into the box. Fraser, can he get the shot away? He can and he'll score. Stop Fraser with his third goal against Portsmouth on his left foot, drills it back across Griffiths into the bottom corner. Sloppy for Pompey to give it away, they couldn't stop him. And an equaliser at the end of stoppage time, and parity lasts three minutes in the second half. It's Porter's one, Charlton two. Fraser lining this one up, left footed over the wall, off the bar! into the hands of Griffiths and he's fortunate but he'll take that. Pack has played himself into a bit of trouble there and a free kick and Pack's going to be sent off here and Pack's blaming Swanson for this and for the second time this season Marlon Pack is sent off against Charlton a second yellow card and Pompey will play the last quarter of this game with ten men. Payne lays it off, chance to end it, great save by Griffiths and then it hits Dale and goes into the net goal, the boos ring out round Bratton Park, Portsmouth are going to lose, they're going to start 2023 with defeat. You don't need me to tell you how the Bratton Park faithful feel about full time, the boos are loud, people are heading to the exit and Pompey still don't have the answer of how to end this dismal run of form. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. I'm really sorry. We had to do it. So Pompey yet again unable to pick up maximum points then despite what looked to be a promising end to the first half at PO4 yesterday with Conor Ogilvy equalising right before the break. That proved to be redundant though as the addicts forced their way through with ease twice more in the second 45 with goals from Scott Fraser and Owen Dale unfortunately putting the ball into the back of his own net sealing the three points for the visitors. Uh, that was Charlton's first league win since the 22nd of October. And in doing so, completing the league double over the Blues. So Charlton's first win in the league since the 22nd of October. Pompey's last win in the league, let me remind you, the 25th of October. Um, so Pompey now officially the worst side in the division on the form guide. Charlton were 24th. They held that stat. Uh, Pompey themselves were 23rd. So yesterday was the battle of the two worst teams in the division currently. And now Pompey 
unfortunately, hold that title up themselves. OK, looking elsewhere in League One over the weekend then, starting with the New Year's Day results. Bristol Rovers were 2-1 victors over Cheltenham Town. Port Vale won by three goals to one away at Forest Green Rovers. Morecambe thrashed Burton Albion 5-0 on home soil. Meanwhile, it finished Oxford 0, Exeter City 1, Peterborough 0, Wickham 3, Plymouth Argyle 3, MK Dons 1 and Shrewsbury nil, Fleetwood 3. Uh, this afternoon on this bank holiday Monday, Barnsley were defeated 3-0 uh, at home by Bolton Wanderers. Derby County thrashed Atkinson 4-0. Ipswich and Lincoln drew 1-0 at Sinsel Bank. And finally, Sheffield Wednesday hammered Cambridge United 5-0 at Hillsborough. Uh, that leaves the table looking uh, quite grim if you're a Pompey fan, but it has done for quite a few weeks, let's be honest. Uh, Pompey themselves now 12th in the League One standings, 31 points after seven wins, 10 draws and five defeats from their opening 22 matches. They do have one game in hand on Barnsley in sixth, but are nine points behind the playoff positions as things stand. The top three are really running away with it. Plymouth Argyle, Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich on 56, 52 and 50 points respectively, with Derby County, Bolton and Barnsley making up the top six at the bottom. Forest Green Rovers unbeaten, uh, sorry, without a win, rather, in the last four games, four defeats on the trot. They're rock bottom on 20 points, men just above them, MK Dons, Morecambe and Burton Albion. And last night's opponents, Charlton Athletic, down in 17th at their first win, as we mentioned, since October the 22nd. So, plenty to trawl through uh, across the next 55 minutes or so. But unfortunately for me, uh, I am not alone. I'd like to welcome, first and foremost, our very own host on that 80 show, Mr Kevin Stokes. Kev, good evening, my friends. Good evening, Jake. And happy New Year. Happy New Year to yourself. Yes, thank you very much. And by unfortunately, I meant fortunately. It's not unfortunate that I'm not alone tonight, Kev, because I need some backup. Um, <laughs> yesterday, you were there, Pompey defeated on New Year's Day by the only team in the division to have had a, a worse record over the past two months than Pompey. And quite frankly, it couldn't get any worse than that, could it? No, it was shocking. And listening to those uh, those radio highlight commentaries, well, lowlights, I should say, mm. um, it didn't sound any better in that four minutes, did it? It was a it was a shocker yesterday, and that's uh, that's put it lightly, I think, Kev. Uh, alongside yeah. your, alongside yourself tonight, welcome back to Joe Wood uh, from the uh, eighteen ninety eight blog on Twitter. Joe, pleasure as always. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for thanks for having me again, Jake. I wish, of course, it were better circumstances, but Don't not. We all. Yeah, but not. Um, look, a three one defeat to Charlton. Just mentioned it to Kev there before. But Charlton, the visitors were in, heading into kickoff, and you thought if there was any match for Pompey to kick on, get the win over anyone in this division, Charlton were probably the side most likely you're going to get that against. Well, this was the game to go and dig yourself out of the hole you've kind of made for yourself, and Pompey just didn't didn't do it. Um, it's a tale of same old, same old. We've had this for like like you said since the middle of October, and. Th- the Ipswich game aside, I don't really think we've even looked like beating a side recently, other than the Pizza Cup. Yeah. Well, we'll forget about that. We've got a game uh, coming, of course, next week and be Papa John's Trophy, Bolton away, before we take on Bolton away in the league, of course, just four days later. Tottenham away to come first on Saturday in the FA Cup third round, uh, an occasion I'm sure many were looking forward to, perhaps not so much now, but we'll, we'll come on to talk about that more in, in greater detail on Friday night's edition of the show. 
Um, Kev, b- back to yesterday. Conor Rogovi, of course, getting that equaliser right before the half-time break and wasn't necessarily deserved from from Pompey's side of things, but it, it looked to be a goal which you'd hope, for, as a Blues fan, would kick Pompey on in that second half and, and really have that confidence, momentum going into the break and come out in the second 45, fit and firing with that behind you, but it just completely went the other way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. When you score just before half time, you expect uh, you know to be up and at it second half, and it does change. I mean, change the half time team talk, doesn't it? You know, you're going one one nil looking rubbish, and one uh, one papers over a few cracks, and you've got a chance in the game. But um, I don't think that made much difference to Daddy Cowley. Actually, it's going to make three subs regardless. I think because uh, our front three were sadly ineffective, and uh, you only have to hear, listen to. Danny Cowley after that match, he sounds so deflated and so down. I, I just wonder what what happens in the dressing room, how how he gets them fired up because he's very, you know, he takes it all very personally. Which you know, he's a he's a football guy and he, he lives and breathes it. I think I think he probably rewatched that game, you know, twice since we've um, <laughs> came out of front party yesterday. But it's, it, I don't know. They seem to be playing with fear, not freedom, mm. and. Um, you know, it's just so frustrating to yeah. watch. We can't hide the elephant in the room, Joe. Of course, manager under mm. a lot of pressure. Danny Cowley, as he has done over the past few weeks, we heard, um, well, we've heard boos over the last few weeks, and and you know, quite rightfully, in in most of those circumstances, justified. You can understand the frustration of the fans. Of course, you can. Um, we heard after the MK Dons game or during the MK Dons game, just before um, the Christmas. Um, period there was some chance of we want Cowley out uh, there was some chance of of that, that anger towards the management team that was amplified at least times 10 at Fratton Park yesterday during that game um, and, and there's no hiding from the fact that, that Danny Cowley is as things stand um, probably public enemy number one with the majority of supporters out there who, unfortunately, the buck quite often lies with the manager in these circumstances. Where, where, how do you feel in regards to that situation? Um, conflicted is, is the mm. not so simple answer, if I'm honest. Um, there has, I can't think of a manager in recent times, I'm talking post Premier League era, um, that has got and understood the city and the club as well as Danny Cowley has and that in a way is kind of what makes this all the more painful mm-hmm. is that I think the large majority of of people want him to succeed, yep. want them to be successful and take us up to the, to the next division and I was very much in that camp of yep, stick with him, stick with him, stick with him but there comes a point where now I, I believe the Eisners are a, a, a fork in the road mm-hmm. you either choose that this is your guy, this is the man that you are going to stick with, mm. and you then give him a bit of bit of funds in January, a bit of, bit of encouragement to go out and get what you think you need to fix this problem, we will help you. Or, as we sit here on the 2nd of January, you say, okay, we don't think you're the guy, we need to move you on and bring someone in inside the next three or four days. Mm. Not weeks, days. Yeah. And that's the difference, Joe, isn't it? As you mentioned, um, with, with what Danny Cowley's brought to the table in terms of off the pitch, the you know the work in the community, the way he does connect with the fans. You know, him and Nicky, um, 
Uh, and again, there's no, I don't think there's much arguing with the, not fact, but the opinion of most, as you mentioned, that they are likeable people, um, that they come across as, 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 as managers and assistant manager who really do get the club, they, they, they get the community, the heart is absolutely in the right place. And that is the difference, um, as you mentioned, between this situation and the one under Kelly Jacket, because he wasn't as involved for one reason or another. He wasn't as involved with all of that sort of thing as the Cowleys are. And that makes this period of uncertainty when some are calling for the manager's heads. And we're going to go read through some comments in in a few moments' time regarding that. It makes it all the more difficult because, as you quite rightfully mentioned, and you know myself included, we we want to see we want to see them succeed, not just for the benefit of us as as fans of this football club, but genuinely for for them as well. Yeah, I mean, like we say, as a bloke, he he seems absolutely top rate. Um, but it does sort of feel like the beginning of a breakup, doesn't it? Kind of where the pair of you kind of know it's not working, so it's best to walk away. Um, and if you if you stay together, it might be just for the kids. Um, <laughs> and that and that kind of the way I feel about it. I don't really. I'm not sure I see a way back. Um, the Spurs game at the on on Saturday shouldn't have this weird tag of being as important as it now becomes for him. Mm. It, it now means that he he goes there and say we get a four nil five nil thumping, that's it. I, I don't see how you can come back from that. Yeah. When in reality, everybody else in the in the everybody else sat watching their team is going to go. Well, that was weird. You sacked your manager after a five nil against the Premier League team, mm. but that'll, you scratch the surface yeah. and. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Chris Underwood on the email says, I love the Cowleys as people, and I don't doubt that they are desperate to succeed here, but, and there's always a but with these, unfortunately, um, they are just out of a debt. That is the opinion of Chris Underwood on the emails. Thank you very much for getting um, in touch. Uh, Got some more coming in on the text tweets and emails as well. Going to read some more out after the break. But that is enough from us uh, for now, uh, and it is time for that very, very quick break. And after which, we do want to hear more from you as well as those that we've yet to read out as well. You are the voices that ultimately matter the most here. What did you learn from yesterday's defeat to Charlton at Fratton Park? Are the Blues out of a hunt for promotion, or do you still believe there is a chance, albeit probably quite slim, of uh, obtaining that goal this season? And is Danny Cowley still the right man to lead Pompey forward? If not, then who is? All the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text. End your messages with the word, uh, with your name, sorry, and start with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet using at expressfm or find us over on facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Very soon, we'll revisit the post-Charlton thoughts of the Blues head coach, who addresses the situation regarding Pompey's long stay in League One, which is on course to be extended based upon current form. This is not about me, this is about the football club. This is a great football club. It's been in the, in the lower leagues for quite a long time. <laughs> you, know, they, you know, ultimately people will decide who to blame for that. A tough listen, but plenty to take from it. We'll hear that interview between Andy Moon and Danny Cowley when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. 
Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along to part two of tonight's edition of the Football Hour, which is, of course, brought to you by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now or visit stagecoachbus.com for even more information on what they can provide to you. Uh, okay, some plenty of uh, emails, tw- texts and tweets to get through between now and 7 o'clock. Let's get through some more of them right now. Linda Mail says, The fans turned up on New Year's Day. It was a pity, but our football team didn't. This pathetic performance is not acceptable. With the exception of a couple of players, Morel and at least Pack showed some fight. What happened to our players between Thursday and yesterday when we were all surprised by our fighting committed performance that we did not expect against Ipswich to yesterday's when we just rolled over? We haven't got a God-given right to win every match, but we expect the team to give their all, which definitely did not happen yesterday. Another wasted season in League One with no sign of any any improvement. The thoughts of Linda Mayo on the emails. Kev Stokes, of course, and Joe would join me for tonight's conversation. Kev, we'll address the Marlon Pack situation now, shall we? The Thursday night against Ipswich, cracking free kick to take the lead against a very tough opponent. Um, and you can see what it meant to him, the passion that he displays on the pitch, um, irrespective of performances. Um, you, you could see that shining through in the celebration, of course, as well. Yesterday, a bit of a different story. Second yellow card um, sent off for the second time this season, for the second time against Charlton as well. Um, what did you make of that red card? Was that solely Marlon Pack's fault? Or do you think that maybe he was a little bit thrown under the bus by... Well, let, well let, he wasn't let, 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 let's not shy away from it. Zach Swanson? Yeah, yeah. He was exposed, wasn't he? And, um, and uh, he would have chased back, I'm sure. But um, it was easy to just... Um, Flick out a leg and stop him, stop him going forward. That uh, that Charlton player. I didn't realise they were both against Charlton. Mm, these yeah. sendings off. That was <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite a strange one. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I do like the way he plays football. He's um, he's got a very good footballing brain, but he plays far too deep for me. I mean, everyone's playing far too deep at the moment. Mm. You know, he's he's not making those. He's not creating chances in the final third. He's doing. He's acting like the quarterback role, you know, picking it up from the back four and then popping a little ball through the through the lines. And it's, um, yeah, it looks nice, but it's not very effective. You know, I don't know how many assists... You've got the stats, Jake. How many assists has um, Marlon got for us this season? Marlon Pack for Pompey this season. Um, you've thrown me under the bus there yourself, Erkev. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> because I don't have that information to hand. You can hear me furiously typing away and trying to fill the airtime. Well, um, I don't think it's many. In that say. process, uh, but I can tell you. Um, and he won't be doing any from the stands. So, you know, no. it needs to be on the pitch. Yeah. Um, in terms of stats this season, Carabao Cup, two appearances, no goals, no assists. Papa John's Trophy, one appearance, no goals, no assists. FA Cup, one appearance, no goals, no assists. League One, 19 appearances, as we know, one goal, three assists. So goal okay. participation, 14%. Um, yeah. And he's been the starting 11 for those who do want to know, 86% of those games, and has played 84% of those minutes. Um, and as our sort of so-called playmaker, if you hmm. like, that's, that's not a great return. Um, but it starts from, I said this before when I was on the show, 
you know, defending starts from the front. Mm. And with Colby Bishop sitting 10 yards off the Ipswich back four on Thursday night, um, where's our high press gone? You know, when the Cowleys arrived, we had six games on the bounce, I think it was, we won, all due to a high press. They were stopping the back four of the opposing teams coming out with the ball and um, shutting them down and creating chances. And we've stopped doing that. Where's that gone? Has Marlon Pack, in your opinion, Joe, got more to offer to this team, whether that's sort of his prerogative or not? Do you think he's being played maybe somewhere that, as, as Kev mentioned, maybe a little bit further forward might be a bit more beneficial for him and to the team? Well, I think it's too late to change the way Marlon Pack plays now. Um, th- that's his natural game, is to come come deep and collect the ball. And that's fine, mm. but you then need to pair him with people that are progressive players. That's why it worked so well with Tom Lowry being in, in the side, um, and to a, a, the similar sort of degree, Jay Mingy. You have the pair of them that are progressive players that want to move the ball forward, that will carry the ball forward. Then you leave Marlon Pack sitting deeper. That's fine. I think to answer, uh, well, to not answer it, that's a bit, a bit arrogant, but to, to come to Kev's point of yeah. where's the press gone, I think that kind of is is part of is a symptom of the problem that they have confidence wise you can't they're going to feel like they can't go and press the 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 back four of of the opposition team because they feel like they're just going to get passed through and that's kind of what's happened over that initial period of games and as you see they've dropped dropped off dropped off dropped off and now you've got this this sort of snowball effect where now oh god we they're, they're all over us all the time yeah. and they can't get that press back um i think it really does come down to a confidence issue because again linking it back to the marlon pack thing how often is he playing the safe 95 percent in front of him pass or just the, the 510 yarder it's all very safe it's very predictable whereas at the beginning of the season when we were playing well scoring goals he was playing the 55 60% ball it might go well it might not if mm. it gets intercepted there's the big oh from the crowd okay he didn't care yeah because it was it was moving the ball forward and i think as a side they they're so concerned now with the hearing the oh from the crowd every time it doesn't quite go right that we're not trying the stuff that breaks down teams yeah uh, Marlon Pack himself on Instagram um, since that defeat yesterday uh, says we are all um, extremely disappointed with the current run we are on the results and performances have not been good enough for this football club as a group we need to be better and uh, we will be doing everything we can to make sure we get our season back on track sticking with the Marlon Pack point Kev and um, actually a tweet from um, Liam Howes of course our, our friend and former colleague here at Express FM uh, says we need a new leader on the pitch, it is something we seem to be lack of, lacking. Give Marlon um, the armbands. Is is that a decision? Do you think? I, I know it's something that's going to be quite a quite a, a big and a bold one if it does if it does happen. And by no way insinuating that that is something that's going to happen. But if you were in in charge of making that sort of that sort of decision, would, would Marlon Patch be the option? If not, Clark Robertson. Well, I did see that tweet actually, and I did reply to Liam and said he won't be. Uh, it looked good with that on the wearing that in the stands but um on the on the pitch at the moment i, I liked raggett as a captain you know <laughs> i mean there doesn't seem to be a great deal of shouting on that pitch communication wise um i know it's often um you know cushioned by the sound of the crowd but uh we're very quiet at the moment i sit in the north upper and you can hear players talking on the pitch and i can usually hear the opposing team 
chatting more than ours, mm. you know. And um, yeah, there is a, a problem with leadership. Um, I don't know if Clark Robinson Robertson is the uh, is the missing thing yesterday, but um, I don't know. It's just so <laughs> I don't know. A bit frustrated sitting there. I was talking to Freddie about it, my boy Freddie, mm. and uh, you know, and a couple of my friends commented on Facebook and said, you know, it's so boring. It is the, the atmosphere is dead. Everything about it is not fun to watch. And and the Ipswich game aside, the most excitement me and Freddie get these past few months, if you like, is uh, guessing the crowd size and um, the number of added minutes at half time and what time Grandad's going to leave to get out the car park in time. <laughs> and that is our day. And that's trying to keep a fourteen year old interested in football, you know, which is our, mm. you know, the next lifeblood of the fans. Yeah. And um, I don't know, come home, <laughs> it just gets so cross. I tweeted you yesterday, didn't I? I said, oh, this is a shocker, I can't believe it. Uh, but anyway. Uh, plenty more text, tweets and emails, uh, plenty more fans getting involved back home um, as well. Let's get through them. Uh, great show as always, guys. Thank you very much. Joe is bang on. Pack is playing with safe option because there's no confidence in the team. Morel's resurgence in the last couple may help and the potential return of Thompson to give the guys some confidence but make him recover a lost ball could be huge. Free hit at Spurs, but some serious reflection needed. That text from Barry from the 1898. <laughs> Thank you very much, Barry, for getting in touch and for listening as well. Um, Andy on the text. Really disheartening to see how things have gone wrong for Danny Cowley. At the start of the season, the players were not scared to attack, press and created space while in possession. Now, the players look disjointed. Defence looks vulnerable. Every attack and the team don't look like they're playing together. I'd hate to see Danny Cowley get sacked. With, uh, with it being the only option now, unfortunately, would take something gigantic to turn our form around. Otherwise, thank you to Andy on the text for that one. Um, Wes Knight on Twitter. The two options, either he has to go or is backed properly in the transfer window, really um, emphasising what Joe was saying earlier in the show. Um, and I mean with a proper jet, uh, checkbook, says Wes Knight on Twitter, who continues by saying our defence is awful and we need two centre-halves who might have a little bit of pace about them and another right-back and a goalkeeper, brackets, permanent signing and another striker minimum and some fight, Wes Knight puts at the end of that text there. Thank you very much to all who have got involved so far on the social media platforms and still plenty to get through between now and 7 o'clock. But let's hear now what Danny Cowley had to say after the game. Uh, after the game rather. Andy Moon gathered the lowdown from the Blues head coach. Danny, what's your, your assessment of what you've seen this afternoon? No, we weren't good enough today. We're bitterly disappointed. Um, ultimately, it's, it's my responsibility. Um, can you put your finger on, on why at all today? No, I think we um, we went in with the right intentions. We made some 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 mistakes, some technical errors early in the game, um, and we lost some confidence off of the back of that, really. And uh, yeah, we lacked belief, and as, as a consequence of that, I thought we lacked energy and intensity in our play. How frustrating, given the the, the relative positives of the past couple of games coming into the. Yeah, yeah, confidence is a fragile commodity and um, yeah, we, we, we suffered today as a team um, we did try to change it um, but to no avail and, and like I said, for, for me it's always to, to take responsibility that was that was well short of what we expect of ourselves um, What would you, you say to the, the, the crowd because it was, it was pretty angry to, towards the end? Yeah, of course, 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're, they're disappointed. They're angry. And they're, they're, yeah, I, under, I understand those those um, emotions, and we have to take it on the chin. How do you turn things around and, and lift the team from here? Well, you have to keep working. You have to go back, and you have to analyse and try to identify the areas where you can you can try to help the players because. You know that that's what they need right now. They need our help, not our criticism. Um, you, you know you're in a moment of adversity. This is elite sport. Not not everyone lives lives this life, and um, those that do know that that sometimes the the you know the, 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 the there's adversity, and you have to um, you have to deal with that, and you have to um, you know in in these moments you have to decide what you know you, you become the victim or to become the fighter this is this is this is this is your choice and uh, we have to make sure that we become the latter how frustrating was it that you would got back at half time you made those changes and only to, to, to give them another goal uh, early in the second half yeah i think that, that was the, the defining moment in the game really because we um we come back out we wanted to try to play with more more belief um more impetus um and then we we lose the ball in our own half, and then their player runs through, and we don't we don't defend the one v one moment well enough, and we then become two one down, and it took a yeah it took took a lot out of us, and yeah we we didn't we didn't respond well enough, we just we just didn't do well enough from the first minute to the last, and all of the criticism that we get is absolutely fair. How much pressure do you feel after a, a run like this? Listen, this is this is not about me. This is about the football club. Um, this is a this is a great football club. It's um it's been in a lot in a in a lower leagues for quite a long time. Um, <laughs> you know they you know ultimately people will decide who who to blame for that. Um, but ultimately, yeah, for, ultimately for me, it's, I I answered to myself and wasn't good enough today. And what would you say to the fans that you know that were calling for your head at the end of the game? Well, listen, they're, they're supporters of the club. They they love the club. The club means a lot to them, and they have absolutely the right to to to, to vent their frustrations and voice their opinions. Finally, any obviously Clark not available. What's the what's the injury situation? You picked up today, and any update with him? Yeah, no, Clark's yeah, Clark picked up picked up a hip injury. Um, which didn't help us. It's been a been a real challenge to try to keep people fit here. Danny Cowley there um, speaking after yesterday's defeat to Charlton Athletic at Fratton Park. Um, Joe just sounds like an absolute shell of a man who took over um, almost two years ago now. Yeah, the enthusiasm that was there maybe even six months ago doesn't appear to be there anymore. Well, that's... I say doesn't appear to be there anymore. I still believe that the guy goes into work every day as fired up as he as he's ever been. But it must be really difficult. And, and Kev mentioned it earlier. What must he do at half time? And he sounds like that at the end. I think that's just a man that's fed up with having to say the same thing every week mm. to these players. And it's something that I've been incredibly annoyed about. Um, briefly well since the start of the season is Pompey's lack of ability to start on time um it seems like this group of players cannot play inside the first 10 minutes of of a match which says to me that they're not ready they're not mentally ready they're not switched on at the beginning and that doesn't come down to Danny Cowley that's your own personal preparation mm. so when you get in the car to come to the ground 
you have to be ready to play that game. And it doesn't seem like they're ready every time. And um, guess what? We end up a goal down inside five minutes. That normally happens. Mm. Or, or, or something will be on the ropes f- for that initial period. It happened in the game against Peterborough. We were knocking it around and then, silly mistake, 1-0 down. And inside that first, first period, it, it must be so frustrating. As well, a comment um, within that interview, Kev, which again is difficult to to come away from uh, and not highlight. Um, people will decide who is to blame for that in regards to Pompey's status in League One for what is now the sixth season. Do you think Danny Cowley's getting the support from above that perhaps is necessary to get us out of this division? Um, well, I'd like to think he's, you know. If they keep it, they're going to make a decision this week. Hmm. Um, you know, whether we keep him, like Joe was saying earlier, do we give him a budget to spend on some decent players? Do we sort out these loanies that we we might not want and get them sent back and get some decent ones? Or, you know, what do we do? I, I'd like to think there is some sort of um, yeah, discussion going on. Danny, we're behind you. But you don't want that to be made public. You don't want the um, the vote of dreaded vote of confidence, hmm. do you? But if you, if we do change manager... It's not just manager, is it? It's the whole backroom staff. It's the physios, the coaches, and everything. The football philosophy that he's trying to been trying to build for two years, and it's a you know it's a rebuild again. And um, <laughs> I think we're all lose. I'm I sound a bit flat as well, don't I? But uh, <laughs> but I, you know, any wonder? <laughs> yeah, Kev, I'd, I'd I'd be worried, my friends, if you weren't sounding flat. I'd, I'd be scared if you were enthusiastic at the moment. Um, <laughs> but he does sound like a very, like Joe yeah. said, very, you know, very defeatist. And, you know, is it the same? Does he feel like he's batting his head against a brick wall trying to get through to these players? I mean, you know, it's not rocket science, is it? Is it he, I, I think, looking from an outsider looking in, he's there with his iPad and everything else. And he just overcomplicates things, I think. It's a very simple game. And it could be a lot simpler on that pitch, I think, sometimes. And Joe's right. They don't look prepared. You know, right. they come out and we have late kickoffs. You know, when I was playing football, we've got two or three minutes late for kickoff. You got fine. <laughs> you know, we didn't come out and start the match till two minutes past three yesterday, which, uh, you know, disciplinary. <laughs> disciplinary. <laughs> I mean, I completely agree with you there, Kevin. It, it, some of it does seem a little bit overly complicated, um, particularly for, let's be honest, the level we're at. Um, But some of the goals we're conceding, and this is where I think it's really important to differentiate between what Danny's doing and what's happening on the pitch. The the second goal against against Ipswich is not one of a tactical error. You, you, you're quite happy to let that player take a shot from thirty-five yards out. Let's be perfectly Mm. honest. Tiny expectation of that ball going in, but then we compound that with the error of pushing the ball back into the 18-yard box, literally yeah. dead in front. Mm. And then we compound that error by not following it in like you should every time. This is where I have a bit of sympathy for Danny because <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to be telling a professional footballer to do these things. And no, you're right. And, and the, the second goal against Charlton, he's picked the ball up from 30 yards out and he's run straight. And nobody has put a foot in up until the point that he gets to the 18-yard box. There's no way Danny Cowley's not screaming from the sidelines going, somebody do something. And I can guarantee in training, Danny Cowley doesn't stand there and go, if a player runs well, past yeah, you, don't tackle him. Exactly yeah, that. It and doesn't it's, happen. It's these errors that then you look on the on the surface of it and you go, oh, you know, tactically he's not there. Well, that isn't a tactical mistake. No. 
that's players not doing their job. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're cheap goals, aren't they? That cheap, giving away possession far too easily, silly free kicks, mm. and like you say, just not picking up their men and doing what they they must be told during the week, and it must be instilled in them. Crikey. Very fine, mar- very fine margins, of course. Sorry, Kev, still in League One at the moment. Pompey, of course, nine points adrift off the playoff positions with um, two or three games played fewer than uh, certain teams above them as well. So you want points on the board, but t- technically there's no, there is no hiding from a fact. There are games in hand still. And, um, and yeah, uh, quite rightfully mentioning the, the goals conceded to Ipswich, they are player errors um preventable you, you you look at that and you could if you can secure the victory against them that's three points it's a completely different story and extra of course quite if, again if we're being honest that's that's an unfortunate one the goal disallowed when it shouldn't have been and uh, plenty of chances just not taken in that second half at St James's Park this is a completely different perspective um but as we quite rightfully mentioned fine margins in football which ultimately unfortunately um whether you like it or not quite often comes down um, to the buck of the man in the dugout at this stage, Danny Cowley. We still want your thoughts back home, of course. Blues fans, 81400 is the number you need to uh, text. Start your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Tweet at expressfm or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We'll have more here on the Football Hour right after the break. Do join us for the third and final part of the show coming right your way in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Very good evening. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. Driving Hampshire and the South Coast with a minimum of fuss. Find out more information, as I've already mentioned plenty of times this evening, on stagecoachbus.com. Joe Wood and Kev Stokes join me uh, for the next 13 and a half minutes or so here on the Football Hour. Um, Joe... We've got some some more text tweets coming in. Um, we'll read this one first from Dave on the emails. Uh, good evening, gents. It appears we're now the lowest placed team on the South Coast as far as the professional leagues are concerned. That is upside down to where it should be, as far as I'm concerned. It's been 18 years since we beat Charlton at home. Yes, that's correct, Dave. Uh, 2005, the last time that happened. And we conceded six goals in the last two games, uh, in, in the two games, sorry, against the struggling Charlton this season. In my 57 years attending Fratton Park, the vast majority as a season ticket holder, I've seen some awful struggles and some even worse than this. But how on earth uh, and why are we going through something like it again when our trajectory should only be upward from what is honestly a low base? I brought into the fact that we had improved the squad in both quality and depth this year, but there can be no credit in terms of uh, if other teams have improved theirs even more, which seems to be the case. Or are we just poorly being coached? We should have had four points minimum from the last two matches, and it could have been all six. Instead, we find ourselves on less than 1.4 points average per game, 
having held more than two per game earlier in the season. I don't believe in regular managerial changes because it's costly and uh, they generally all make a good living from failure. Pompey, as much as many, are proving that such change makes a little difference. But what else could a club do to pacify the impatient supporters? We must, uh, for all that fantastically loyal fan base and support, be the greatest underperformers in the top four divisions over the past 60 years. Play up Pompey, Dave, with some brutally honest and quite mm. frank needed um, words, Joe. Um and really want to highlight the point about um, our t- trajectory and, and where perhaps yeah. this club should be. Because you see teams such as you know, your Sunderland's, your Sheffield Wednesday's, your Ipswich's that come down mm-hmm. from the Championship. Pompey, of course, on a, a, a different path to them, having been down in League Two, um, suffered arguably a bit more with the administrations and the, the threats of liquidation and, and being on a you know, being quite frankly closer to, to death's door um, mm. as a football club. However, um, Derby County, the greatest example, um, h- how on earth have they found their footing quicker than Pompey? Well, I mean, for me, this, this comes down to the way the club is being uh, perceived by the owners. Um, that's how I feel about it. I feel like we're deliberately running as if we are a small side, a small club, that don't then go and get 18,000 a week that don't then sell out our allocation to Tottenham inside nine minutes. And we are operating as if it's acceptable Mm. to be a mid-table League One side. Now, I've seen numbers that have been thrown around that the Eisners have... Without doubt, they are the first owners we have had in a long time that have put their money where their mouth is when it comes to the development off the pitch. Mm. And there is no knock in that. Mm. However, you cannot turn around and say, oh, well, we've done all this... And we're not taking a penny out of the club. No, you haven't. But it's not like that money's disappearing. You've you've invested in the the overall infrastructure of the club. So when you do eventually sell it, you will probably get that money back unless you make some horrific decisions. But won't that club be worth a lot more if it's playing in a higher division? Mm. And the way to do that is there comes a point where you have to go, right, this is now the time for us to spend some money. I honestly believe that they got burnt by Kenny that Kenny Jacket transfer window where mm. we bought John Marquis, etc. Yeah. And I think they're, they're now a bit gun-shy on spending the money. But if it comes down to the point where you are actually trying to achieve promotion, you need to start putting the money on the pitch. Mm. That's where it matters now. Tim in Old Portsmouth on the text says the chances making the playoffs this season are about zero. Uh, remember, we only had to beat Accrington. We had nothing to play for at home to make the playoffs in Cowley's first season and we lost. Uh, new manager required is the opinion of Tim uh, in Old Portsmouth on the text. Thank you for getting in touch. Um, Adrian Davis and, and again, this is why um, we brought up that, that sort of that, that comment about the ownership and, and where this club is heading as a team on the pitch. Adrian Davies on the text says do you think the Irishers care about our results as when the last time we heard from them or even saw from them, they kept quiet uh, in the States and they seem more like silent property investors. Time for them to go. No matter who we get in, it's uh, them that set unrealistic financial targets which uh, will not get us promoted. Now, Kev, we've spoken about this and Joe has you know, mentioned the, the aims and the ambitions of his football club and perhaps what needs to happen uh, on a financial scale for, for Pompey to get out of this division. But there are some comments which suggest that the owners of this football club don't have the heart in the right place and perhaps they are only here 
to do what? I I, I don't know. But um, is 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 that is that ludicrous to you? Is is that maybe too far? Is is there, is there quite rightfully a line where we can perhaps question and have our concerns about the direction that the club is having off the field without branching too far out and uh, and throwing these conspiracy theories about or or generally is there is there reason to be concerned? Is it is it is it is it yeah. that deep or, or what? Well, it does seem to me that um, you know they 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 tweet and text and message when there's a when there's a string of victories and when we're on a, a losing run. I I can't remember seeing it. Eric Eisner was always tweeting. I remember when we were doing quite well, but I don't remember seeing much. And uh, you know they are, as Joe said, putting into the stadium. But there's nothing. You know why sit in the director's box and look at a half decent stadium when you're looking out on the pitch and um, it's not a half decent team. I think... You know, they need to mm. <laughs> declare their hand, really, don't they? I mean, they made that presentation all those years ago, and you know, brick by brick, slowly, slowly, and they are doing what they promised with the ground, mm. but it needs to go hand in hand, doesn't it? I th- yeah, I, th- I think, Joe, this is probably the, the, the difficult thing now as supporters to try and accept or try and get our hands around, because as, as Kev's alluded to, you do go back to twenty seven, uh, twenty seventeen, yeah, when mm. the the pitch was made at Guildhall um, to the supporters and the Pompey Supporters Trust and those with shares in the club, and what was mentioned by Michael Eisner and the team, the Tonanti Company, was whilst we're in League One, we will not be, you know, for the turn of a better phrase, without directly quoting it, nearly six years ago now, we will not go gung ho on the pitch financially the stability and the infrastructure of a club is something that will be directed first off-field before we make any, you know, direct, massive improvements on the pitch unless we get to the Championship. As Kess mentioned, technically, they are sticking to that. We'll forget about the Academy. They've come out and they've said they've made a mistake with that. Off-field, they are the first owners, as you mentioned a few moments ago, to actually do something to Fratton Park. But the patience is wearing thin amongst fans now who accepted their reasonings for, for not putting that money on the pitch until we get to the championship. But it's getting too too far gone now. We just want to be in that division. But I think everybody's... This is what happens when you use a word like gung-ho, or mm. sorry, collection of words, yeah. like gung-ho, is that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm. The, the idea of going gung-ho doesn't... to to the Eisners, it seems to be we're not going to spend over a hundred grand on a player now because we've done it with with Marcus Arnest, John Marquis, and it didn't work out. Mm. So we're not going to do it again. Well, no. The when when they said that, Pompey fans are going good. It means that we're not going to spend five million quid on a guy that we sit in the stands for six months. That's what people thought going gung ho meant. Yeah. We didn't realise not going gung ho meant we're not going to spend any money on any players and we're going to put one in one out restrictions on every transfer window we're at that point now where they've at the beginning of the season the there was a a quote from um i can't remember which eisner one of them and they were saying that they they wanted us to win the league Mm. good lovely that's that's what we should be trying to do and now about two days later two days ago we have a quote oh well we're trying to compete for compete for the playoffs that's very different, and that leads to a very different angle of attack in January. And so this is where the mixed messaging and the idea of going gung-ho, I think, needs to be cleared up. And arguably why um, many are of the opinion in regards to Danny Cowley that perhaps 
in some aspects, his hands are a little bit tied into what he can do and how far he can take this football club, not just because of his you know, his abilities and his coaching style or his, his, his experience in the game, but you know, from, from one side of things, perhaps but the support that he is or perhaps isn't being given, but maybe needs to be directed a little bit, um, either in this transfer window, hopefully, or, or in the summer, and say, look, you know, we, we, we've had these promises of where this club is going to be. Um, we understand why, at first, maybe a more conservative approach to, to get, getting out of the division in terms of the, the on-field finances were considered. However, now maybe is it time to dip your hands a little bit further and give a manager some more support because we've seen with Sunderland, we've seen with it now Ipswich and now Sheffield Wednesday and even now Plymouth. Unfortunately, in today's game, even in League One, you need a bit more money. The money on talks the, on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not necessarily a, a, a discredit to how you want to run the club. And we we've certainly seen here at Portsmouth in, in, in previous years and, and previous owners, but sometimes it can head in the in the complete opposite direction. You can totally understand why you'd want to be a bit careful about that. Of course you do, but there comes a point where maybe you need to just reassess things a little bit. But that is perhaps another conversation for another day because unfortunately we've run out of time and we could genuinely be here for hours and hours on end. But um but but we can't be. I, I will end on this um this final tweet from um at Pompey Evans on, on Twitter. It says I've woken up today uh, and this is in regards to Danny Cowley. I've woken up today and I want him to stay. What is wrong with me? I saw him in Swanwick earlier with uh, with his children. I just wanted to hug him. That is uh, Pompey Evans on, on Twitter and I think that summarises how many fans are feeling, um, ourselves included. Um, as Joe mentioned earlier, it's like a difficult breakup, isn't it? What's best for the football club? But then you've got your, your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions with the current managerial team, of course, as we've developed over the past uh, nearly 24 months or so now. But some lighter things to talk about on Friday evening when the football hour returns from six o'clock. Myself and Ian Chiverton, one more Blues fans, to preview Pompey's FA Cup third round trip to Spurs. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Pompey started 2023 with defeat against Charlton Athletic. It's an own goal. The boos ring out round Fratton Park. Portsmouth are going to lose. They're going to start 2023 with defeat. Up next, the Blues face Premier League giants Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup. Can Pompey cause an FA Cup upset? Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 11.30. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, that's right. Pompey, of course, back in action. 11.30 on Saturday morning is when Pompey Live is back for a 12.30 kickoff at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for FA Cup third round action against the Premier League outfit Tottenham Hotspur. Antonio Conte's side, who himself is under a bit of pressure uh, in North London. And uh, quite, quite frankly, as, as a supporter during that game, I just want that day to be about the two hours on the pitch. Enjoy the day. Forget about what's going on elsewhere in the league let's just enjoy that one uh, and hope for a good game of football and you never know you never know another cup upset against Spurs that'd be lovely wouldn't it um, myself Ian Chiverton and another Pompey fan will be back on Friday from six o'clock this week to preview what is actually going to be a big weekend of FA Cup football not just for the men's but for the Pompey women's as well we'll come on to preview that, that game and the women's game against the London City Lionesses on Friday evening but until then a big thank you to both Kev Stokes Kev thank you very much for joining us on the show tonight my friends Pleasure, Jake. Nice to see you again, mate. And Joe Wood as well. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure.
Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. <laughs> You're very welcome, Joe. And thank you to everyone who got involved on the text weeks and emails. It's been, it's been a pleasure for, 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 yeah, for one reason or another. Thank you for joining us. I hope you can join us again on Friday for another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Take care. Bye for now.